Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. There's another quote in that video. It said that even the smallest light can light up the darkness. So you may say, you know, you may not be up here preaching or, or up on, on the stage with a microphone, and, but even your light, you have a light on your job, in your neighborhood, in your family. Even the smallest light can light up the darkness. Doesn't have to be a big light, but a small light can light up the darkness. My wife and I, we, um, we have two kids, of course, <clears throat> and we talk to our kids every morning. We pray with them, and there are certain things that we say that we confess to them in our prayers every morning. And we do this for a reason. We do it for a purpose. Now, we're not perfect. We're not the, the perfect parents. We're not the greatest parents. Some things that we're still learning, some things that y'all are still learning too, but we confess things and we put things in them every single morning when we pray. And it's funny and it's, it's, it's interesting and rewarding when we hear them pray and those things come out. But one of the things that we tell our kids when we're praying, and we don't tell them like, hey, listen, this is, we're confessing this over you. We just pray it. We just speak it. One of the things that we tell them is you are a light. Everywhere you go, you are a light. You are a child of God. You are a representative of the king. You're a light. You're not a leader. You're a leader, not a follower. You're above. You're not beneath. And you're going to help somebody, someone know who Jesus is and just how much they love him. So a couple weeks ago, probably about two weeks ago, I was standing in the back, um, just like we do at the end of every service, shaking hands as, you know, as people leave out. And my kids go to uh, a summer camp here at Atlanta and, uh, one of the young ladies that works at the camp there, I'm not going to mention her name because she's probably here today. But she came up to me at the end of service, and I'm paraphrasing. And she said, I just want you to know that you have some amazing kids. That, you know, Ari, my little girl, she's 10 years old. She made her some fuse beads, and on the beads it says Jesus. And she always asked her, you know, are you going to come to church? Are you going to come to church? She's 10 years old. Are you going to come to church? And she said, you know, and every Sunday morning something comes up or I have something else to do and, you know, I just don't come. But this one particular morning, a couple weeks ago, she said, I woke up and I said, you know, I'm going to go to church today. And she said a little silent prayer. She said, and I hope I see Ari when I get there. How many of you know that God hears even our smallest prayers? He's concerned about the things that concerned us, concern us. Even if we think it's something that's small, minute, it's big to God. So she came in that Sunday morning and she walked in the gathering place and my kids happened to be sitting out there. And Ari saw her, and I can imagine, I didn't see the the exchange happen, but I can imagine Ari's face just light up because she saw her counselor come in. And then she goes on to say, and she says, and I want you to know that I I rededicated my life to Jesus and it was because of your daughter. At 10 years old, even the smallest light can light up the darkness. You help your kids, parents, to realize the influence they have. In fact, that's how Jesus tells us to come to him, like little children, because there's no motives. She didn't ask her if she was coming to church because she was judging her. 
She asked her if she was coming to church just because she loved her and because she knows that Jesus loves her too. So don't think that you have to have this big influence or that you have to have this big position or be in front of people to realize that you have influence. Everything that you do, everything you say has meaning. And so today I'm talking about changing your words and changing your world. If you change the things that you say, ultimately you'll change the world that you see. In Matthew chapter five, which is our theme scripture throughout this series, verse 13 through 16, it says that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house so everyone can see. In verse 16, I love this verse. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Everything that you do has meaning, has impact. Listen, realize that there is no such thing in the life of a believer as a wasted moment. There's no such thing in the life of a believer, a life of a child of God as a wasted breath, as a wasted word. Everything that you do, everything that you say has meaning. See yourself as an atmosphere changer. Let me say that again. See yourself as an atmosphere changer. What does that mean? That means if I come into an area, if I come into a room and it's dark and it's gloomy, the light on the inside of me is going to change this atmosphere. See yourself as an atmosphere changer. I worked this job uh, with this guy and uh, every time he would come to work, he would say something, he would, he would say something to me. It would come in, and everybody knew that, you know, I was in ministry. They know I'm, you know, uh, I'm saved. They know all of that stuff. I didn't go around, you know, proclaiming it, shouting it, you know, standing on top of tables. Hey, listen, I am saved. Watch what you say around me. I didn't, I didn't have to do all of that. Y'all, y'all see those people, uh, and no, no knock against them, but those, uh, those people that, and they, I don't see them in, in Texas. I've seen them other places. <laughs> But they have those, those, like, those billboards, those A-frame signs that they wear and says, get right or get left, uh, get saved, know Jesus or you're going to hell, in a burning basket with gasoline, like that stuff, and they, with the horns, and they say, you better know Jesus, get saved, or you're going to hell, like that stuff. Like, I didn't have to do all of that, because Jesus didn't do that. The only thing Jesus did was Jesus just walked up and, did, and gave them something that they weren't, hadn't experienced before which was unconditional love. Jesus didn't have to walk in in the room and say, hey, guess what? I'm Jesus. (laughs) You need to follow me. No, Jesus just showed up and he just loved on people unconditionally and he changed the atmosphere. Everything that you do, everything that you say has meaning. So this guy, you know, he would come in and we didn't work together often, but every time he would come in, he would see me, he would say, oh man, Dave's here. I'm gonna have a good day. Man, Dave's here. I'm gonna have, I know I'm going to have a good day. And it wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't anything that I said. I, I just showed him unconditional love. I just showed him Jesus. And he knew that there was something about this guy that every time he's around, things go well for me. 
That's how Jesus was. They just knew that there was something about him. I've got to get to where Jesus is because if I get to where he is, something in me is going to change. And that's how you are. That's who you are. You're an atmosphere changer. When people come in contact with you, they should know, they should leave different. I preached a message uh, several months ago, and one of the things I said in that message is that we are the him, H-E-M, of him, H-I-M. When Jesus was standing in that crowd, there were crowds of people around him. The woman with the issue of blood, she's pushing through the crowd. She says, if I can just get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment, then I know that I'll be made whole. I know that I'll be changed. I know that things won't be the same way anymore. Listen, you are the hem of him. When people come in contact with you, their lives should change for the better. Their lives should change for the better. Your life matters and your words matter. Anybody ever said, actually I'm sure you've you've said this and you're probably still saying it. After today you won't say it anymore. But you heard the the old saying that sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me. Listen, that's a lie from the pit of hell. (laughs) That's a lie. Now, I get what my, what my parents were, were trying to teach, teach me when I was growing up, but listen, I'll take a punch in the eye before a bad word any day. I mean, because that punch in the eye, I'll get over it. It may hurt for a little bit, and I'll probably hurt you in the process, afterwards. <laughs> the Bible says an eye for an eye, right? <laughs> I'm from Detroit. I'm sorry. <laughs> But words, listen, some of you are still dealing with the impact of a word that was spoken to you 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. So you can't tell me that sticks and stones won't break my bones because words hurt. Words matter. Be careful of the things that you say. Be mindful of the things that you say. There's a couple things that happen when we speak words. The first thing that happens when we speak is we influence our world and the world of those around us because our words go out of our mouth into our own ears as well as others. When you speak something, people are listening. When you speak a word, it not only changes your world, but it changes and influences the world of those around you. Got to understand how powerful the words you say are. We're reading this book, uh, where we just actually finished reading this book here as a pastor's on staff called Integrity by Henry Cloud. It's a phenomenal book. You should read it if you, if you have it. And there's a quote that Henry Cloud says in this book. He says, if we listen to the way people talk, we learn a lot about their being and how they are in the world. You want to know how someone feels about something? You want to know what someone believes? Listen to the words that they say. My wife, uh, Lala, will tell, will tell you that I'm a very observant person. And I'm very analytical. And I'm always listening. I'm always trying to hear what people are saying and different things of that nature. Because when I listen to what you say, I'm always thinking, you know, what did you mean by that comment? Where did that come from? Why would you say something like that? There, there, there's a reason that you, that you said that. Where, where, did that. where did that word or that comment or that phrase, where did that come from? You didn't just say it flippantly. That came from somewhere. 
very analytical. And in fact, uh, when I, I graduated with a, uh, um, a bachelor's in criminal justice, and my, one of my favorite classes in criminal justice was criminology. And criminal, I still have the book and everything, and that was years ago. In the study of criminal, criminology, it talked about the mindset and the psyche of people or criminals when they commit crimes. Like, what, what were they thinking when they did it? Where did it come from? What, you know, wires were twisted or whatever the case may be. What things were firing off in their brains when they committed something? Like, they, it, it just, it was very interesting to me because I'm just an analytical kind of guy. And so when people say things, I'm listening to what they say and I'm listening to the meaning behind what they say. We give away a lot about who we are by the way we speak. So if I can listen to the words that you say, I can pretty much identify where you are and how you feel about something, how you feel about someone, how you feel about me. Because listen, if somebody is talking to you about somebody else, you can bet that they're talking to somebody else about you. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen, you have what you say. Oh, if Christians, if believers would just understand the power that lies in our tongue, the creative power that lies in the words that we say, God understands it. Listen, in fact, the entire world that we see, the grass, the trees, the water, the, you know, the land, everything that you see, God created the light, the sun, the moon, he created it all. He didn't step down and put, you know, and form things in, outside of us. He didn't form the world. What did he do? He spoke a word. He said, let there be light. And light came into existence. And I promise you, if you go to sleep tonight and you wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to see the same word that God spoke thousands of years ago manifest again because there's creative power in the words that he speaks. And he says that that same power that he has, he's placed on the inside of us. That Elohim, that creative power is on the inside of us. So every time you speak a word, you're either creating something or you're destroying something. And we have to understand that. That's why he put that in the word for us. That there's power. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You want to see something have life? Speak life to it. You want to see something die? Speak death to it. You want to know why it may be hard for, to make ends meet? Why it feels like you're living paycheck to paycheck? Why you can't pay bills? Because you're probably saying, you know, I just can't make ends meet. That just feels like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. There's always something else. I've always got this bill and that bill. Every time I pay this thing off, this thing comes up. That's why you don't have any money. But what would happen if you change the words that you say? And you say, you know what? Every time I need it, God always supplies it. Wow, he supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. My bank account may not say it, but every time I need it, I always have it. My wife and I, when we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, so about 10 years ago, because we've been here for five years now, so about 10 years ago, first, probably about six to eight months, it was a struggle. Man, probably about the first year. It was a struggle for us. But during that season, we never spoke that we didn't have. I was working, she stayed at home, we had a little six-month-old six month girl, 
And we didn't, we didn't have everything that we wanted to have, but we never spoke defeat. We never spoke lack. Every time we prayed together, we would always say, our refrigerator is always full. We thank you, Father, that every time we need gas, we have the money that we need to get it. Every time we need food, we got what we need to get it. Thank you that nothing is getting repossessed. Thank you that nothing is getting taken from us. No lights are getting shut off because you supply all of our need according to our riches or your riches in glory. Even though we didn't see it, we spoke it. And what happened was we, be, we start to see those things manifest in our life. We never went without. Our cars never got repoed. We were, uh, the outgo was over $3,000 and the income was about 1,200 or three, yeah, 3,000, about 1,200 coming in a month. How did we manage to do that? We never stopped tithing and we never changed the way that we spoke. Because we recognize the power that lies in our tongue. Think on this. When you speak something, are you using your words to build up people or to destroy them? Are your words filled with hate or are they filled with love? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Your words matter. Colossians 4 and 6 in the message paraphrase, I love this. It says, make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in every conversation. Child of God, make that your goal, to bring out the best in others in every single conversation. There's a guy here, uh, his name's Jeff, and I don't know if he's here or not today. But every time, I, every time I see Jeff, and I come and I shake his hand, he says the same thing every time. I say, hey Jeff, how you doing, man? He say, hey, if I, be, if I was any better, I'd be you. And I did that for a long time. I would laugh every single time he said it, like, come on, man, get out of here. But then one day I realized that he was encouraging me. I don't know if he realized it, but he was actually building me up. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, man, if I was any better, I'd be you. So, Jeff, you're telling me that I'm pretty good. Imagine. If we all got a grasp of that, and Jeff, if you're listening, listen, you're encouraging me and you're encouraging other people. Keep it going. Keep doing it. If I were any better, I'd be you. Not only are your words impactful for other people around you, but you have to remember to be careful what you say because you are listening. You're hearing every single word that you speak. Man. I'm weak. I keep struggling with this thing. I'm always going to be struggling with this. I'm never going to get out of this situation. I can never forgive that person. I can never get over this. Be careful what you're saying because you are listening. So with our words, we influence our world. The second thing that we do with our words is we transform our world. When we understand the power of our words and realize that we can choose what we think and speak, our lives can be forever transformed. Throughout this series, we've been telling you that you can change the world around you, but God's plan 
to change the world is for you to change your world. Take that weight off of you. God isn't expecting you to change the entire world. He just wants you to change the world around you. You have a sphere of influence. You have certain people that you speak to, that you talk to every single day, every single week. That's your sphere. That's your world. If you change the world around you and you impact those that are in your world, they're going to take that light that you've given them and they're going to impact the people in their world and their world is going to change and then they're going to impact the people around them in their world and this thing will continue to go and will ultimately change the world. Look at Jesus. He had 12 disciples. Yeah, he went and he healed people and he fed thousands and thousands of people, but he impacted those that were in his circle, those 12. And the fact that you and I are sitting here today is because Jesus recognized his influence and he impacted his world and those disciples went and changed the world. And that's your responsibility. That's my responsibility, child of God. Change your world. But you change your world by the words you speak. Our world is shaped and changed by our words. A couple things I want you to remember before you leave today. The first thing is to realize your life's influence. Mark chapter five, verse 19 says, Jesus did not let them, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Don't just keep the blessing that God has given you to yourself. Don't just keep your testimony to yourself. Go and tell other people just how good he is. When Jesus was at that well and that woman was digging or trying to get water, he said, listen, I've got some water that if you drink from my, the water I'm gonna give you, you will never thirst again. He told her some other things, but what did she do? She went back into her city. Jesus didn't go there. She went and said, listen, Y'all got to come see this man who told me everything that I ever done, who changed my world. You got to come see this man because I know if he could change my world, he could change your world. It starts with you. Realizing your life's influence. And one way that you realize your life's influence is by recognizing your people, number one. Your people is your, your sphere of influence. That's your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Listen, your neighbors are your neighbors for a reason. You're just there. God didn't just put you there. They're there for a reason. Your sphere of influence. Sociologists say that the average uh, person has about 12 people in their sphere of influence. I think I've seen that number 12 somewhere. I think it was in the Bible. I think Jesus had 12 disciples. Did I see that or is that just me? Anybody else read that? Sociologists aren't that smart. They're smart, but they're not that smart. They got it from somewhere. Jesus set a model of it. And if you can change or help to impact your sphere of influence, it'll ultimately change the world. Jesus wants you to share what God is doing in your life with your people. So recognize your people and then recognize your place, your geographical location. You're not here just or working on the job that you're at. You're not there just to make a living. You're there to make a difference. Yeah, it's helping you pay your bills, but listen, there's a greater reward in helping someone come to know who Jesus is. 
So recognize your people, recognize your place, and then recognize your passion. Your passion is given to you by God. And that passion opens up relations, relationships, divine connections, ministry opportunities, your people, your place, your passion. These are the areas uh, that God wants you to use to intentionally influence people for him. To intentionally influence people for him. So recognize your, your influence, your life's influence, and then plan your positive. What does that mean, Pastor Dave? Having a positive outlook on life and speaking positive words based on God's word carries a greater impact than you think. How many of you encourage yourself in the morning when you wake up? Don't raise your hand. How many of you speak down to yourself when you wake up in the morning? Don't raise your hand. What would happen if you begin to encourage yourself in the morning? When you wake up and you look in the mirror and say, hey, you're a great guy. You're a great girl. You're going to do something amazing today. You're going to help change somebody's life. You may have struggled yesterday, but today is a new day, and you're going to be so much better today. How many people encourage themselves like that? Or how many people talk down to themselves? Man, today's going to be a long day. <laughs> You've just created a long day for yourself. <laughs> but what if you change the way in your outlook, your perspective? Though you already know what the task ahead, you know the day is going to be long, and you say, you know what? God, I just thank you for the strength that you're going to give me to make it through this day, and I'm going to make it through with joy. Sounds a lot better than, today's going to be a long day. Change your words. You change your world. And then draw attention to the positive. That's the next one. Draw attention to the positive. Nobody wants to be around a Debbie Downer. Nobody wants to be around somebody who's always negative. You always got something bad to say. Those are the people that you don't even want to ask them how they're doing. And then you get so routine and you mess yourself up and they say, hey, you're like, hey man, how you doing? God dog it. I did it again, and now I got to sit here for 15 minutes so he can tell me how bad his life is. Nobody wants to be around that kind of person. Nobody wants to be around that person, and, then, and some of you are that, pe- that person. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> and it's funny, those people set you up too. You say, how you doing, man? And this is the first response. That deep sigh, <laughs> sometimes that deep sigh is like the most irritating thing in the world. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Everything is just going wrong. Nobody wants to be around that person. Those are the people you kind of avoid. Listen, don't you be that person. You know, my wife and I, we have this thing that we, uh, that we, we make sure that we don't say negative things as it relates to like our health. Now, it's not saying that we don't ever get sick, but one of the confessions that we make to our kids is that I never get sick. 
The healing power of God flows through my body. I don't even experience symptoms of sickness. These are things that we speak to our kids every day, all the time. And it was funny, I heard my son, my son was praying and we take turns praying and we were praying the other morning when I was taking him to camp. And he said, uh, and he said that same thing. He said, God, Father, I thank you that we never get sick, that we don't experience symptoms of sickness. And Father, I thank you that first Peter says that by your stripes, we are healed. And I was like, whoa. I don't remember telling you that one. But one of the things that my wife and I do is whenever we feel like there's something on us, because we, we know each other, we can tell, but we never say, you know, I'm sick or I'm coming down with something. I think I'm coming down with a cold. How do you come down with a cold? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming down with something. But we don't say those things. If something is, is bothering us or ailing our bodies, she'll say, you okay? I say, yep, I'm being healed in the name of Jesus. Now, I just let her know that I'm really not feeling too well, but I'm standing on the promise of God and I know that I'm being healed in the name of Jesus. Listen, start speaking those things. If you want to see differently, start speaking different. There are many good things happening around the world and probably more good than bad, but the bad, evil things are magnified in a way that seem so much more overwhelming. Constantly speaking on negative things will create an atmosphere, a world that no one will enjoy. You ever walked into a room, lunchroom or whatever the case may be, and people are already talking about things that are going, news is on. They're like, man, did you see about that business? That business is bankrupt and they're going down and this business is going down. And then I heard that our, our company, they're getting ready to start lay, making layoffs and I haven't had any conversations. Have you had any conversations? I think if they're not saying nothing, that means that we're probably gonna lose our job. Oh my God, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills. I don't even know where I'm gonna find another job. I didn't even graduate high school. And so I don't know what's gonna happen. And, and you just see that doom cloud just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But when you recognize as a child of God that you're an atmosphere changer, you don't engage in those conversations. You walk in and you change the atmosphere. Yeah, I know those companies are going bankrupt, but I know my God's not bankrupt and he's on my side. So if this company goes down, I know that I'm going to constantly keep going up because greater is he who's in me than he who is in this world. When you know who you are, even though the economy might be going down, I will constantly keep going up. Because God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory. Remember, be informed. There's nothing wrong about knowing the news and different things like that, but be informed of what is going on. But don't be consumed by what's going on. You can be informed about it. I mean, CNN and Fox News and CBS and TBS and ABCD, all those different, they're going to keep you informed about what's going on. And nowadays, you don't know who's telling the truth and who's not. But don't be consumed by that. Listen, we don't have a right as children of God to be consumed about what's going on because, listen, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. So don't get consumed. Don't get consumed about black lives matter and blue lives matter and all lives matter and this thing matters and that thing matters. Don't get consumed about that. Listen, as a child of God, you change the atmosphere and you say, listen, I don't know about black lives matter and all lives matter and blue lives matter. All I know is that your life matters and Jesus loves you. And you're hearing that from a black man. 
Don't be consumed by what's going on in the world around you. And then lastly, take part in intentional community. And we here at Tree provide opportunities where you can do just that. We call them life groups. We call them community groups. These are intentional communities where you can grow, where you can take the things that you're learning and you're realizing that, listen, you are not made to live life alone. You are not made to do life by yourself. Somebody to walk alongside you that when you make a mistake or when you fall and they help you back up and say, that's okay, keep on going. I made that same mistake. Let me let you know how I got out of it and I'm going to help you to keep moving forward. Intentional community. We weren't made to do life alone. So before we leave today, as a team comes up, it's a couple questions that I want you to ask yourself. Be mindful of the things, the words that you say. Be mindful of the words that you speak. And ask yourself this, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Because we can talk a whole lot and not even pay any attention to what we're actually saying, let alone the impact that our words have. What am I talking about? And then the second question is, what are the words that I'm saying say about my character? What do they say about who I am, the real me? And then lastly, and I feel this is the most important, what do the words that I speak say about the one that I follow? What are my words conveying about Jesus? Are my words conveying that God is a good, good father? who loves me in spite of my mess ups? Or am I, my words conveying that he's a God that's mad because I made a mistake and I asked him for forgiveness and I made the same mistake again so he's mad and he's punishing me and he wants me to go through, he wants me to struggle because he's angry with me. Are those the words that, that I'm conveying? Is what I'm saying conveying that about my father? Be mindful of the words that you say. Don't judge people for what they do. Because listen, if there was a camera that walked around with you all the time, I don't think I need to say any more. Be mindful of the words that you say. And lastly, remember this. Your words speak a lot louder than the volume in which you speak them. They speak so much louder and then the volume in which you speak them, your words have meaning. Your words are a seed. You don't pr- plant an apple seed. I don't even know if you plant apple seeds. But for the sake of this example, you don't plant an apple seed and expect an orange tree to come up. You plant an apple seed because you want apples. So you're not going to speak a negative word, plant a negative seed, and get something positive out of it. You plant a negative seed, you're going to experience negative. But you plant a positive seed, you're not going to experience negative. You're going to experience positive. Watch the words that you say, because they're so very powerful. God knows it. He knows how powerful our words are. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us 
at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.